Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Are we good to go? Okay. It's 42 minutes past eight. Before we go, the show just goes so quickly. My next guest is award-winning financial journalist Fifi Peters. Uh, Fee- oh, gosh, what is going on? Fifi Peters, a very good evening to you. Hi, Sumitra. <laughs> good evening to you. <laughs> We've got so much Greg on in the studio and you can hear it all coming out as I'm speaking. Congratulations on your Sunlam Journalist of the Year Award. Um, thank you so much, Sumitra. Um, I'd love to take the Journalist of the Year. Um, what was it? But that's, no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't that at all. I think I should just declare it. So I won the second uh, runner-up uh, category for the uh, economic reporting uh, category. So that is the award that I won. Oh, my God. We just stole the award from somebody else and gave it to you. <laughs> Fifi, yeah, nonetheless, I mean, congratulations. Claire, Claire Vesica, but thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, so, you know, the Money Lessons feature is really about talking about our money journey and obviously you know as a financial journalist we there's this conception that um that people financial journalists have it all down to a t was this always the case for you uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I'm so thankful that you raised the conception um, at first. Uh, but before I really answer that question, I just really want to thank you uh, for having me on, on your platform. And um, also, I'm just so overwhelmed by all the love that I have received from the industry as a result of um, my accolade, um, and particularly the women in broadcast. It's so amazing. Quite often, we speak about the fact that women uh, don't do enough to empower um, ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't do enough to empower ourselves as women. And it's just a complete opposite in terms of the experience that I have felt. So I'd like to thank you. I'd like to thank um, Asanda, um, also the producer of the show. I'd like to thank Gugum Fufi, your fellow a colleague who really helped me prepare for this because I was quite uh, nervous. In this, also to Misang and Zobu, um, who also, you know, acknowledge my accolade. I'm very, very thankful to all of you. Um, as you talk about perception um, of a, being a financial journalist, so the thing is that because we talk about stocks and bonds and currency markets mm-hmm. and all these complex financial avenues, the, 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 the perception is that we're in the know. I mean, our, our finances are together. Um, we've got the kind of money that we're talking about. And uh, it, it, it does sometimes also make it difficult for one to be oneself because the, the reality is it, 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 it isn't the case. I mean, for, for financial journalists, I don't know what your experience is like, but for me, I feel like I'm doing a, a, a job like uh, any uh, most people out there. The only difference is that my job, I'm doing it in front of everyone's faces because it's on television mm-hmm. and for you, it's on radio. But in terms of the stresses and the uh, difficult um, times that we go through and sometimes the difficult experiences that we have with money, it is the same. I suppose, I don't know how you feel, sometimes I feel a little, a little bit more frustrated because we, we look at these companies that make uh, billions of rands and we look at these executives that take home millions of rands and you think, oh my goodness, money is being made out there. Where's I my know, check? I know. Um, then you just want to jump onto the next big thing that comes along. But you know, when you go back and you talk about that, being a financial journalist as well, it's, you know, there is, people think that you have it all you have it all made, like you have all the answers. And But at the end of the day, you are human and circumstances can push you in a direction where you don't actually want to be. And sometimes it means digging yourself out of a rut, a financial rut, digging yourself out of debt. And, um, you know, uh, as financial journalists, we can also find ourselves in that position. 
Uh, definitely, I agree with you 100%. Because, I mean, ultimately, uh, we, we, we might talk about money, but we are still operating in an industry that uh, for some time, even before uh, what COVID has done in terms of accelerating the, 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 the pace to, towards digitization, has been shrinking as a result of a lot more people uh, consuming their news from online media and mm-hmm. the media industry not understanding how to uh, get as much revenues as it used to in this environment in which they have got shrinking readership as a result of the, the, the competition from social media. And, well, you know, Sumitra, what that has done is ultimately it's about profit and loss right mm-hmm. so uh, news organizations have been making less they've been in a position to pay um, journalists a lot less and um, in our industry our salary structures are not as transparent as in a banking for instance or engineering with us unfortunately sometimes it does become less about the work and your experience and what you're able to do and more about who you are and your name and your following and it is true as financial journalists we do have the same pressures and the same problems financially we do get in <laughs> we do sometimes wonder how we're going to get through the month. Um, as any other, as as, as, as any other individuals, um, you know, in jobs that don't pay them as much. Uh, but unfortunately for us, we're in the public mm. eye, and there is that percep- that perception that you spoke about. Tell me about your personal struggles with money in the past. <sighs> My personal struggles with money in the past is. Feeling like I never had enough. <laughs> um, even you okay, know, maybe give us preparing. just two. <laughs> as a, yeah, so um, but, uh, just feeling like. I never had enough, and I'll give you just a bit of context for mm-hmm. that, or from that. So, uh, you know, in in the early days of my career, I, I I didn't consult quite extensively. I mean, people spoke about this thing of mentors and coaches, and uh, perhaps relying on the experience of elders in, in 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 climbing the ladder. And at the time, my elder, my experience avenue uh, was my experience source rather was my father, and I had had a fallout with my father at the time, and. So when I was moving jobs, I didn't consult him on the the, the, the salary negotiation dance that is done as a result uh, of trying to get a better deal. And I remember going in this particular job and at this particular employer who I will not mention and, um, you know, receiving an extra 5000 then at the time to, to, to hop on board. And I was the most excited person at thinking that, you know, I was leaving for a better deal only to find out within that first week that uh, the, the, the offer that the employer had intended to make. So just to, to give color to this, the employer at the time, um, a couple of years ago, had offered 15,000 rand. And I was so excited. But apparently, he only did that because he had known that um, I, was, I was coming from a much lower base. Oh. But the offer on the table was actually 35,000 rand. And so as a result of that, it has taken me a lot longer to grow my salary uh, because I had started from a low base as a result of not consulting early on in my career on things like like uh, 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 salary negotiations with people who know who know a lot more than me who have traveled the path ahead of me like uh, like I say your mentor or, or, or your elder in my case it was my father um, fortunately he didn't say I told you so when when we made up but yeah now I definitely know how to do the salary dance a lot better yeah uh, I mean, another, and you know the thing is you stuck with it you've signed up and now you stuck with it and you probably have a contract of a year or two years and then you stuck with earning that less. I mean, what was it like for you just living hand to mouth, month to month? Horrific. 
It was horrific. I mean, as a, as a, as a result, you know, one ends up having a very uh, tense and a very um, negative relationship with money because mm. you it's kind of like a hoarder's mentality. You're so afraid of, of, of it finishing because you know you don't really have enough for you uh, to, to see your way through uh, the entire month. Uh, but, uh, you, know, um, you know, to the detriment of that employer, obviously, when I, once I found out that I was being shortchanged, um, it didn't take me long to move. And in, in moving, I found myself at a, at a better pay um, scale because ultimately I think it, in, in life it, it's about value. Value, right, you need to understand your value, know what you bring to the table, and be confident about what you bring to the table. And someone might not agree with you; that's fine. But someone else out there will. And I was fortunate enough to find someone who valued me a little bit better in my move, um, in my move towards the, the the next job, which which made things a little bit better. What I mean, you talk about so many different struggles, um, and I know you had uh, money issues um, in relationships as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Wow. Um, oh, so I suddenly brought it up. Okay. So <laughs> what I was saying, <laughs> I need to be very careful. I need to be really careful how I frame this because it is quite a controversial issue. But in thinking mm-hmm. about this and also reflecting on some of the experiences of the people who are close to me, who have found themselves in, in, in similar positions. You know, it's this, it's this thing, um, perhaps we even broaden it from the relationship. So it's these two taxes that I call, I call it a love tax, and it kind of dovetails into what is, what is, what is the black tax that uh, is the constant struggle of many black young people. And what I mean by the love tax is just taking care um, of, 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 of someone, I mean a friend. Or, or a partner, you know, because you identify with the person's struggle, when you yourself cannot actually afford to do so. And what do I mean by that? I mean that your financial ducks are, are not in a row. As a result of assuming this responsibility um, on yourself that you cannot afford, you are not contributing enough to your savings. You are not contributing enough to any form of investments that you could be making. You are not putting yourself on a path of being financially free and you're joining the masses that will retire not being able to afford to do so. You know, know, it's interesting when you say that because, you know, when you've been through struggles and somebody else is struggling, because you know you've been through it, you know what it's like, you jump in to help that person, not realizing that you actually, you know, you're both going down this hole in some cases. Exactly, and that's exactly what it becomes. You you both end up down this hole, and it, it's, a, it's a frustrating hole. I mean, I, I, I just uh, imagining a physical, uh, you know, being at the bottom of the tunnel physically is, is, is just so frustrating. I mean, I'm just uh, reminded of those pictures where you've seen rats going around and, you know, uh, yeah. water and sewage. And, and that's how it feels like in terms of the stresses that you do, that you do uh, put on yourself and you do put on the, the, the situation and the relationship. And when I say that it dovetails with the black tax, uh, Sumitra, I mean that... You know, even even as as uh, uh, young people who are trying to look back and who are also trying to uplift the the, the family and maybe contribute towards that and contribute towards uh, the siblings' education and and contribute towards perhaps extending the house and so forth, all these responsibilities that we sometimes take on ourselves or sometimes get put on us. The thing, the truth of the matter is, it actually does limit your career growth, how, how, how big you're able to grow and how quickly you're able to grow. And I just, I just, I just feel that in, in hindsight, just looking at my life, if there was a bigger element of, 
uh, again, something that might make me unpopular, but if there was a bigger element of, of selfishness on my part in taking care of me first, and once I was in a position whereby I can take care of others, looking back to uplift, I feel personally like I would be in a, 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 I'd be a lot further. And then when you look at the stats that do reflect where, where people's state of financial health is, and um, as a result of uh, trying to take on this, these responsibilities and then resorting to the financial sector for some form of loan or some form, some form of credit, then you see that, I mean, it, 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 it's a, it, it isn't a situation that, that benefits anyone in the long run. It results in stress and it results in tension. And you can actually, you know, look at all the knock-on effects on the various forms of tension that it results in in society. And ultimately, I just... I just feel like if, if, if I was to advise a young person right now, I would just say, yes, you know, be a good person and help where you can. But understand that element of where you can. Mm. And make sure that when you are in a position to help, you do so knowing that you have helped yourself first. Because you cannot uplift when you yourself are not up. <laughs> it reminds me of that famous analogy, you know, when you're on the plane and the oxygen mask drops down and they say to you, uh, the adults must put the uh, oxygen masks on first before they help anybody because essentially, and it's, it, that analogy is often used for health-wise, but finances are so important yeah. for your health too. Um, if you are not of sound um, then how are you supposed to actually help the next person? Um, so I don't think it's actually selfish. I think you need to take care of you first. What are, <laughs> you know, what are some of the other big lessons that you learned from your time, you know, from yeah. your struggles? From my struggles, I, I, uh, yeah, the, the sun does shine at the, the, the end of the day. I mean, the rainbow does come out. Um, and things are hard, but you know the the storm shall also pass. And perhaps if I can just reflect on some of the lessons that I have learned from my career in trying to become a better financial journalist and trying to learn all these um, these complex financial uh, uh, concepts uh, in doing my job, it's just it's, it's you know. So I am fortunate in these things. Uh, fortunate or unfortunate, so I don't know how you look at it. So because the industry has uh, gone through this huge change of declining revenues and not quite understanding how to monetize, particularly on the online space, a lot of us have been allowed to work as freelancers. Mm. And it hasn't, it's, it's, it's ups and it's downs. And I'd just like to focus on one of the ups, being the fact that you can earn one or two more revenue streams than, than you would if you had an ordinary nine to five. And that does help in the sense that, you know, when things are tough in one area at least you know that you know this the, the the water's still dripping out of your second or your third tap and mm-hmm. so the the, the 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 but even with that even with that Sumitra, what i have also learned is that there is a there is a world right so there is a group of people as a result of you can talk about the history and how the you know our economy was constructed but that doesn't have to work so hard for money and for financial freedom. Um, you know, and as a result of, of just understanding this beast called the stock market yeah. and, and knowing how to, to, to take advantage of it and knowing that, you know, as they go to sleep, you know, when, 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 when their money in New York is sleeping, their money in Asia wakes up. And then when their money in Asia goes to bed, their money in Europe is working yes. for them. And just money is perpetually just working for them as a result of the, 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 the understanding of the stock yeah. market and the exposure to the stock market. It's, and so, you know, uh, sorry, you were saying? 
No, no, no. I'm just, you know, I understand that excitement. If, and if just everybody understands and understands how your economy works, understands how your currency works, how the stock market works, it just makes so much more sense for you. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Uh, uh, Fifi, it was so good to chat to you. And thank you for being honest um, with us about all your struggles. And we're wishing you all the best. Enjoy that award. Even if you were the runner up, please enjoy it. And thank you so much for your time time for joining me that's a wrap off sorry go ahead no i was just saying thank you oh my goodness let me not let me not steal your wrapping time go ahead (laughs) we just are we you know we're always on a clock we're always on a clock on radio i get it i get it Thank you so much for your time. Well, that brings us to the uh, to the end of My Money and Me. Thank you so much for joining me. Big Black is up next. Be safe. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.